Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Clement. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. It's so exciting to talk to you today. I mean, it's not like we haven't talked for long. <laughs> right, right. In the introduction that I already like the audience or the listeners, they know that uh, you're all an awesome achievement. But we always like to hear from, you know, the person itself that your own journey a bit Uh you know, how, how did you get started and until now? So I am from Chicago, Illinois, and I'll just start at the high school point. I was a young man who wanted to go to the NBA. I really loved basketball and I had a passion for sports. And early on, I realized going to the NBA probably wasn't going to happen for me. So my parents told me to really think about what could I do? How could I have a career? How could I stay connected? So I decided in high school that I wanted to be in media. I felt like that was really cool, something I can earn a nice living at, and it would keep me involved and around my passion. So for that reason, I chose Temple University. I went there for four years, got my communications degree, and immediately after I graduated, maybe three months out of college, I got my first broadcasting job the weekend sports anchor in San Angelo, Texas. That was like a, a dose of, of reality unlike any other. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm from Chicago, went to college in Philadelphia, then went to this small town, but I was committed to TV and I really wanted to make this work. So I ended up having a 17-year TV career. I went from San Angelo to Mobile to Lynchburg in Chicago. I got a chance to cover some great events like the Super Bowl, NCAA basketball tournament, the college football national championship, the All-Star game, met some amazing athletes. I mean, it was just an amazing, fantastic career. I had such a great time. Um, and I couldn't really ask for for much more. I mean, it was so fulfilling. You know, people say when you do something you love, it's like you're not going to work. That's how I felt. I mean, I got paid to go to events and be on television and talk to athletes and coaches. It was tremendous. Okay, guys, can you figure out, I mean, even I don't tell that he was, he was a professional TV broadcaster. <laughs> the, the speed he talk. <laughs> Clement, we need to slow down a little bit for our audience. The, All the, right. the, the speed he talk and then there's no fluffy words. It, it's almost as sound bites everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so guys, you figure out that, that we are talking to a pro here. So now that it's like when we see from outside, everything is rosy, right? Everything is nice. Can you share a little bit with us that is there any challenging in that 17 years that you, it really may be kind of give you a hard moment or uh, there was some specific tough time, uh, really, now you look back, you actually um, thankful for what happened? For me, just the perseverance um, and the resilience that, anyone needs to be able to develop in life. 
You know, I mentioned my journey from a small town in San Angelo all the way back home to Chicago. And it took me a real long time to make that journey and to climb that ladder, but I was determined to never give up. So I can't necessarily point to one specific moment, but there were many times when I wondered, am I doing the right thing? Should I give up? Should I quit? Am I good enough? You know, a lot of times I struggle with the comparison syndrome, you know, whether you see other people and it looks like they're doing better than you and you're putting in the same amount of work and you're wondering why they're getting ahead. But I really just um, buckled down and, and just really knew and believed what God had for me. It was for me. And, and I can't run anybody else's race. You know, my path is my path. And just really trying to understand who I was and who I was in God. I mean, when you're in a small town like that, I really developed my relationship with him. That was mm-hmm. powerful. That was a, a huge, that had a huge impact on my journey. So just knowing that I could, you know, go from a small town and, and, and work my way up, that really helps me even where I am now. Just to know, trust in the process, don't give up. Everything doesn't happen overnight. I love what you say. I love how you say, say you because in a small town and that really helped you to have a great uh, intimate relationship with God. So later on, when you later on, you know, I mean, now you're in Chicago and uh, it, I would, I would say it's quite different, uh, sure. but it's a little, it reminds me, you know, the Bible stories like um, when Israelites, they're about to, God told them they, uh, he gave them the promised land of Canaan. So they send the 10 spies in, the only come back, only two say, let's go get it. And the rest are say, no, they are giants, right? So basically they belittle themselves, saw themselves grasshopper. Um, I think the imposter syndrome and comparison game, that's quite common in the, um, especially in the marketplace. Since we talk about that, tell us that, what now? Okay. Since this episode is the highlight of my most amazing clients from the Power One framework, tell us now that uh, what you do and who you serve. So I had a 17 year TV career. And in 2018, my employer, the media company I was working for, had cutbacks. Mm. And I had never been, you know, without a television job. I had Mm. always been employed continuously. So that was kind of a a difficult moment for me. I had to do some soul searching. But I was in Chicago, as I mentioned, my hometown. I had gone through all these cities, worked my way to Chicago, and I have a family, and I didn't want to move anymore. So I really tried, I really decided how can I be of service? How can I impact? And I have a passion for young people. I've always had a passion for young people. Even in some of these other cities, I've volunteered and and done big brothers, big sisters. So I realized there was a need for young people to really know more about media. You know, I feel like young people can only aspire to what they're exposed to. Mm -hmm. So if you've never seen anyone up close and personal in the media, it's hard for some young people to really aspire and really want to do that sort of thing. You know, young people a lot of times encounter, you know, teachers, maybe a lawyer, doctor, police officer, but it's not on a regular occurrence or it's unusual for young people to come across somebody that's in the media and be on television. So that's when I decided to create Broadcasting Career Mentor. 
and where we would offer hands-on training for youth, where we would teach them about working a camera and speech and editing and hosting and reporting and interviewing. We would teach them all the different skills, not, not just expose them to it, because it's one thing to have a career day and say, hey, you can do this, but really train them and show them what's possible so they can know all the options that are available for them. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I have an uh, 18-year-old son and a 20-year-old daughter. So I can you know, relate and see that young people, although in this generation, they grow up with the, all the digital device in hand. But I think the, the uh, lacking of communication skill is, is so real. Because I remember that when uh, my uh, 18-year-old son, two years ago, that when he has to apply for uh, apprenticeship here in Switzerland, and that required uh, the telephone conversation, and he was so nervous because he could text, right? He texts all day long with the friends. He could text. Uh, he could write, but write very short. And But when you come to the real telephone conversation, that he was froze, you know, and that's where that I was like, whoa, this is so real that they actually don't know how to communicate properly. Uh, like this, that our generation take it for kind of common sense, but for them it's not, but it's not really their fault because if they grow up with device, the culture that that and nobody, or let's say in the school, don't we don't have an opportunity to teach them. So what do you see in these young people? Because I know you have coached over 500 youth. What do you see the common challenging the young people they are facing? Some of the main things that you mentioned, just not having great communication skills because they use the device so much, whether it's TikTok and Instagram, you know, they know how to use social media, but how do you uh, communicate and articulate your thoughts and ideas and how do you interact with people? You know, as much as our world is connected through the internet and social media, there still is an amount of actual person-to-person interaction that yes. you need to have that is valuable. You know, I, I know that you can do some job interviews through Zoom, but some, but there's still some places where you have to do an in-person job interview and they will ask you to tell me about yourself and describe yourself. And if you can't communicate and articulate, it's going to be really difficult to have a high level of success. So the communication skills, written and verbal communication skills, and that's something that I really took for granted as being a part of the media. You know, I just knew how to tell stories and it was something that became second nature because I did it so much, but I never realized the skills that were involved and how that really translated into any career field, these valuable written and verbal communication skills, among other things like creativity and critical thinking. So many things that you can get from the media and storytelling. Yeah, exactly. I think you just mentioned even nowadays the interview via Zoom or any other virtual platforms. I feel even then, right? Because you need to turn on a camera. Right. So it's almost like in, you know, just like, a, you know, you are physically in that room with that person uh, who interviewed you. You still need to know how to present yourself uh, properly and communicate properly. So 
uh, while we were working, I mean, we've been working together for a while now. Tell us a little bit about what is now, who are you serving, and then what kind of your program you're, you're using to serve them. So I just have to say thank you so much, as if I haven't said it enough, for the direction that you've given me and the clarity that you've given me to really expand um, my business and be able to help and serve young people, you know, a lot more. We came in contact or connected, you know, right around, I would say when COVID was in the midst and I was really struggling with how could I transition my business to online? I was really, everything that I was doing was in person, hands-on, working with young people and COVID shut all that down. And mm. I was really trying to, I was struggling with how, how can I scale? How can I pivot? How can I adjust? And you really helped me um, really figure out what to do. And that was creating an online course called Video Journalism Pro, where I really teach storytelling, how youth and organizations can uh, equip young people to tell impactful stories with power and authenticity. So now what I learned in college, which, you know, it took me four years of schooling to learn and something that I learned over a 17 year media career, I've now packed all that into a course going step by step where they learn the storytelling process to really make a difference maybe in their family, in their community, in their school, in their organization. But it's really about young people being able to tell stories. And through those stories, showcase things that are going on with organizations or schools. You know, you and I have talked before, some schools still have like journalism departments or newsletters, and they're still waiting for TV crews and people to come out and write stories about them. But Video Journalism Pro trains young people in this area to enhance the brand message of an organization or a school. But it doesn't have to be, you know, those two entities. It could just be a parent who yeah. really understands the value of these skills to their young person. Because when you're telling a story, it involves creativity. You can go see a story, Kelly, and I can see a story, and we both could tell that story differently, but it would be correct. It just depends on our creativity, our perspective, and our point of view. So we go through that step-by-step -step process in Video Journalism Pro, and I'm so excited to offer this to the marketplace and just to make an impact with youth on a much bigger scale. Yeah, exactly. Guys, can you hear his excitement in his voice if you are just <laughs> listening now, watching us on YouTube? And that's why I so feel so blessed and honored to be part of all these different kind of industry leaders, their journey. In a full climate situation that, think about that, the, I use the power of one framework and then he can then use to go to, you know, impact on hundreds and thousands of youth. And those youths gonna go on impact on multitude of people, right? Um, I love what you point out. This especially for parents, if you are parents and you are listening this podcast, that I don't know as a parent. I don't know about you, but for me as a parent, I think uh, on the top of all the academic things that we try to um, let our children to strive above, but I think nowadays very important is a soft skill, such as you know the critical thinking communication skill, because those are what they need in life to navigate through, right? It's, it doesn't matter which career path they're going to hop on, but if they don't know how to, when we say communicate uh, properly, 
I think public climate will agree on this. I think one thing in a program that he also will teach the young people is not just the hard skill of that how to shoot a video, create a video, and, and, and editing a video. But more important is that say, understand the, the uh, that let's say if the event, understand the who is the, you know, the, the, the story, the character of the events to a leg of a term, or let's say the, the main casting of the event. For sure, for sure. Right? And then, but that need to apply compassion. They need to apply the uh, the the resonance, right? And I think now more than ever in the society globally, we need more compassion. We need more resonance. But our young people, a lot of them, I would say most of them, are not equipped to do so. What would you say, climate that? Um, what you see the, the, the difference between the good and the bad storytelling? I would say it's the research and really understanding the topic and really digging. It's the work that goes before you actually tell the story. And that's what we really, or what I really go to, go into in the development process. Mm-hmm. You know, first you, you find a story and, and you decide on or you identify who the main character is. But how do you ask those questions mm. that will really uncover some things that will allow you to ask good questions during the interview that now provides information to the viewer that they did not know or, or, or draws them into the story or allows them to feel compassion to viewer or feel connected to the story? All that has to do with the research. You know, what type of Google search did you find to know more about whatever the topic is or the person? Or what did you find on social media? Or what is some of the history behind whatever this event may be or the topic or this person? Really doing research and asking great open-ended questions. Really trying to get the person who you're interviewing to open up and to elaborate and to really share about whatever the topic is, whether you're, you're profiling a person or whether it can be an actual event or an organization itself, just really knowing uh, the background, having prepared before you actually tell the story to have some great questions and that interview, like the, the, the emotion and what the person shares, you can't research what the person will share. They, if you do it right, and that's what I teach in the process, if you are properly prepared, they will open up and share some things that people, once they see your story, they'll be like, wow, I did not know that. That is fantastic. That is great. I see where they're coming from. That's really impactful. You know, you really want that, that viewer to, to, to feel something after taking a look at this story. That, that's important. It's not just about the, the video and the shots and the editing. That is good. But the, the, the storytelling and the narration, too, man, I can't wait to get young people uh, up to speed on this process. You see, even for the video shots, right, if the young people, after they, first of all, they gone through that process, what you just mentioned, then they will have a different lens. Now, the lens, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about the camera lens. I'm talking about right, the, right. In their own lens. They, they will almost like gain a new pair of lens and perspective to see, okay, now I know how to choose 
different angles will express the story much better. And guys, is that again, if you are the organization leader work with youth or your parents, all this is said to say that we really don't have much going on in our education system for our young people. And this is precisely, is so, I'm so excited about what Clement is doing because I know this program, we, he called Video Journalism Pro because journalism there, that word actually means a lot of things, right? Think about a, 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 lot, a, a lot of uh, um, journalists in order to really, uh, you know, coming out a story which will inspire and uplifting. I know a lot of mainstream nowadays not doing that, but okay, we, that's why we need more. We need more people doing that. They need to really put into a word to understand and to have that compassion-driven purpose inside of them. So yeah. and let me add too, and I really hope to encourage young people to go out and find and tell stories that they're interested in. You know, a lot of times if a young person is interested in something, their peers might be interested in allowing young people to, you know, find their voice. It's not necessarily just making them do something, but really, yes. you know, having them do something that they're interested in. That's something that I really encourage in a program. If you're a young person, you know, what do you like? What interests you, you know, go forward with that and go look into that. Yeah, exactly. Because in this process, basically, we say we want to really grounded the identity in Christ, right? Because I think so many young people, again, because of their whole day long with that device on social media platform. And guess what that costs? I mean, I have a lot of benefits, but it's a lot of problems come out of that as well, such as the imposter syndrome or the comparison. Like, oh, they see that their friends just post whatever nearly perfect picture or video, and they want to just compare with it, and then did not maybe consider, I don't know, that's after 32 takes to get that pause right. Or, so meaning, <laughs> meaning it's not a real life, right? And that being back to the what all the situation issues, the society we are all facing, everything linked together, right? For sure. If when the young people that they're, what they see, and here, it's all about those faking appearance and with, without the substance of the real story. Then, of course, then you wonder why the issues, what all the different kind of issues we are facing as a society. So, climate, so uh, departing wisdom. If, let's say, I know because the audience or the listener of this podcast, 99% uh, of them, they are Christian leaders. Their parents, or they are organization leaders, or they are corporation leaders. Yeah, let them know that you know what is a departing wisdom. How can they impart um, that this kind of skill to their youth? I mean, the best way, guys, just sign up the program. I'm just getting the spry because he is my kind, but. Um, is no use for me to, if I dare to put my name on, because I know how hard he has been working and that is real deal. 17 years, 17 years behind. But I do want to say that um, that climate shared with us, what, how can you encourage the parents and the leaders that how can they do better 
how we all can do better to impart this type of critical thinking, communication skill to our young people. Through my program or just in general? General. In general. I mean, certainly just taking an interest and understanding and really looking for ways to give young people hands-on opportunities. I really feel like every young person doesn't just learn well in school and with traditional textbooks. So how can we find unique, creative ways to engage young people and then allow them to develop these skills? Like we're talking about the speaking skills, the writing skills, the creativity, so they can kind of find out who they are, just giving them different opportunities to try new and different things so they will know, okay, I do like this, okay, I don't like that. So for any entrepreneur that you know has opportunities for young people, um, just really just trying to think about them, keep them in mind and knowing, as everyone always says, but it's the truth, the youth are our future. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why, guys, we all have to work hard, harder for our future. Carmen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And then we cannot wait to see that you can impact uh, more youth and cannot wait to maybe later on come back with another episode to update all the progress. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. How did you enjoy this episode? Can you share with me and Climate what is your number one takeaway? And more importantly, what is your number one action step after you listen to this episode that you need to take to move yourself closer to the goal that you want to achieve. So let me remind you again, if you let it be part of the Power One Framework movement, yes, I call it a movement because the vision Waga gave me is way too big. It's way too big for me to accomplish it. So go to kellybottle.com forward slash learn and to learn a little bit more about what this framework might help you. Oh, and for today's show note, you can go to kellybottle.com forward slash 093. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.